Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dub Nation. Dub Nation. Dub Nation. The Voice of the Warriors invites you to take your seats. Please take your seats. At the Warriors Roundtable. 30 butter. Got it. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7, the game. Here's Tim Roy. What's my favorite word? Welcome to the round table. We are set to go this hour here on our home for Golden State Warriors basketball. 95-7, the game. I'm Tim Roy. And uh, great to be with you, and it's always an exciting night. This is Trade Deadline Eve. This is where the phones get burned up and and the the rumors are circulating and lots of conversations are going on. Nothing has happened as of yet today, but uh, certainly a lot of intrigue, a lot of names being thrown out there. It seems like Toronto might be a team that's going to be doing something. There's a lot of chatter about Norman Powell and Kyle Lowry. Lowry would be a great pickup for some team. That's uh, that's in position to win a championship. We hear that maybe he he'd be going to Philadelphia, which would be a fit for him. And uh, you know who knows? We'll see. But uh, Warriors last night in a game that did not have Joel Embiid or Seth Curry or Steph Curry. Uh, you know, right there, they made a great comeback in the middle quarters, a forty point third quarter, right there. But this team does not have that 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 confidence and the calmness that comes with winning teams. And what I mean by that is last night after the game, and this morning when I'm on the dog walk, I listen to everybody's uh, I walk my dog, Mandy. She's 12 years old, a rescue. Uh, we got her from Taiwan. We've had rescues the whole time. And so on the dog walk, I plug in my earbuds, and I listen to what everybody says at their post-game Zoom meetings. And last night was interesting. Um, Steve Kerr, is 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 telling us, hey, this team needs to learn how to win. And uh, then when they're asking Tobias Harris of Philadelphia, the Philadelphia media are asking him, you know, what's the difference in a game like this for you guys? He goes, well, we we know we're learning how to win. We know how to win. And so that's the difference. It's the difference of knowing that you can make plays coming down the stretch. We saw that with the Warriors in their five-year run. How many games did Golden State steal when they really didn't play that well over the five years, but found a way, made plays. You know, someone came through with a steal, with a stop with a bucket when you need it the most. And that was the case last night for Philadelphia. And the Warriors are 22-22. and They've got a back-to-back upcoming tomorrow night in Sacramento. Club heading up there tonight. And then 
then on Friday they get ready for the Atlanta Hawks as the Hawks come in really playing well. They've won eight of their last to ten. Uh, Nate McMillan and to be fair, their players getting healthy that has helped turn this around. We'll talk to their general manager, Travis Schlank, former Warriors assistant GM, and he would, has done everything in this game. Truly worked his way up from the video room all the way up to a general manager's job, and his Hawks are now in the top half of the bracket in the Eastern Conference. So we'll hear about that a little bit later on. Juan Toscano Anderson is going to come your way in a moment. But tonight, since it's deadline eve, I'm going to throw this question out for the hour. What's your favorite Warrior trade of all time? It was our Twitter question last night, which was brought to us by our good friends from Kia. But what's your favorite Warrior trade of all time? And we've got a sort of a smattering of, uh, of, of replies one way, smattering this way. You know, there was no real consensus last night uh, during the ballgame. And, of course, it's during the ballgame, so people are focused on what's happening during the game. And we're so glad that they are listening and participating. So tonight we're going to do that. What is your favorite Warrior trade of all time? The deadline's tomorrow at high noon. And it's going to be a busy morning, so we'll we'll find out a little bit of what uh, what you think tonight. Here's how you can do it: triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Call or text me there. Let me know what that is. We'll get to your calls when we can. And you can also hit me up on Twitter at Warriors Vox. It's Warriors V O X. A reminder that the Warriors twenty twenty one season presented by Kaiser Permanente. And also, if I didn't mention it, which I didn't, I'll mention it now. Uh, tomorrow night, 6.30 with a pregame show. Jim Barnett alongside. Friday night, 6.30 with a pregame show. Warriors and Hawks. And, uh, again, that's a 7 o'clock tip on both nights right here on 95.7 The Game. So we've got that. We've got Juan Toscano-Anderson coming up in just a second. I'm going to check scores and the schedule a little bit later on in the program. But if you look at Juan Toscano-Anderson this year and you check out his stats – they're they're sneaky in, in in terms of this. He's played 554 minutes. He's been in 29 games, 13 starts, by the way. Doesn't shoot a lot, but he's shooting 52.8%. Doesn't take a lot of threes, but he's shooting 40%. And what does that tell you? It tells you that he's more confident in his three-point shot, and he's making it at a higher rate. And I think, I really think he's right Ripe for a breakout. I really do. He, you know, he's averaging five points, four rebounds, two assists in roughly 19 minutes a night when he plays. You know, and you, you, you can, you can project that up and you can, those numbers will look really good per 36 minutes, which you can do at basketballreference.com. And, you know, and so I, I, I think he's getting ready for a breakout. I think he's ready to, uh, to show everybody that this is no longer just, you know, a great story. But this is a, a player that's going to be a good player in the league for a long time. But again, triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. What's your favorite Warrior trade of all time? But let's step aside now and listen to the pride of Ninety uh, Fifth Avenue and Castro Valley High School. This is a conversation I had just a little while ago with Juan Toscano Anderson. Draymond Green, low left, finds a cutter. It's JTA to the rim with authority. A two-hand slam, and the Warriors, just like that. Juan, uh, first of all, thank you for your time. I know you guys are busy getting ready for Sacramento uh, tomorrow night, and then the Hawks coming in on uh, the night after on Friday. But uh, give me your summation of the year so far, not only for you but for the team. What do you see, and and, what would you like to, to be better at in half number two? 
Um, I mean, I think it's been a tough year for everybody. You know, it's hard to anticipate certain things. It's hard to anticipate your practice plan, rotations, who you'll have for that day and so forth, just with COVID protocols. <clears throat> and for us, you know, uh, Golden State, you know, uh, we've had some injuries and, and things like that. So I think that's just been the hardest thing. Obviously, <clears throat> I always use this as, a, as an excuse. It's, you know, it's kind of like my first go around in the NBA. So I'm just kind of soaking everything in, taking everything in, uh, absorbing all the knowledge that I can, and um, just learning. Uh, we've had some ups and downs, uh, lost some games that we could have and should have won. But, I mean, that's all a part of the process, right, learning and getting better. So um, going into the second half, you know, hopefully we just can uh, string together some wins. I think we've only had one three-game uh, winning streak, maybe two. Uh, I would have to fact-check that, but – now, hopefully we can just string together some wins and uh, <clears throat> build like that. You know, it's interesting. It, that's hard to do in this league, number one, even when you're totally healthy. Very hard to do when you don't have your best player in uh, in Steph Curry. With Steph being out for the next foreseeable games, what's the rally point? What do you guys have to do and, and to be very conscious of uh, to rack up wins when he's not on the floor? Um, I mean, you know, everything, really. You know, without that guy on the floor, he uh, – he changes the whole game. So, you know, we just have to execute, limit our turnovers. Obviously, all our game rules, rebound, um, play team defense and so forth. But, uh, you know, guys just got to be uh, more confident, more aggressive, and uh, we got to get good shots. We got to pass up, you know, decent shots for good shots. And if we got, if we can pass up good for a great shot, then, you know, that's even better. So uh, we just have to be consistent throughout 48 minutes. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's a long game. And it's the NBA. It's the best league in the world. Every team is good. I don't. I don't really care what people say when they look at records and stuff. Every team is good in this league, and so you know, you got to come and compete every night. <clears throat> well, you're right about that. Every player is here for a reason. It's the best league in the world, and and uh, every player in this league is great in some way, shape, or form. Let's let's talk a little bit about you, Awan, and and uh, obviously your your story's been well documented. We you and I talked about that last year. But uh, I wonder what's it what's it like now, and and uh, you know, with with you being on the roster and on the Warriors, and, and going through what you went through, you know, with with uh, all the the activism that you showed in the Bay Area, you know, has has your has your role changed at all in terms of you know, do you, are you now more socially aware of who you are and and what comes with that? Yeah, I guess. I mean. It's just different for me now, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, doing everything that I wanted to do uh, for, you know, my whole life, 26, 27 years. And now that I'm on the Warriors, you know, people notice me and uh, I just have to be more cognizant of how I move. So um, that has changed in regards to everything else. I mean, I still feel like I'm the same person. I still approach every day the same. I still treat everyone the same. Um, I am aware that I have a plat- a bigger platform now. So, um, you know, I just got to be cognizant that I am a role model, whether I like it or not. And so uh, not that I would choose to do anything um, that would be frowned upon, but, you know, just got to be responsible, got to be accountable, um, and just have to be a stand-up person at all times. You know, there's always somebody watching, and that's the thing that I have to remember, you know, in person, on social media, on TV, and so forth. Yeah, Juan Toscano Anderson's my guest here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. I'm Tim Roy, and, and Juan, uh, as, as I know, I've worked on your game a lot, and you can see it on on, on the floor, and I, I feel you're close to having a, a real 
a big breakthrough with your offensive game. So I know that this summer Aaron Miles was working with you on your shot. Where are you with that? And 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 are you are you maybe like one more summer away from really getting it to a point where you feel you can get out there and let it fly? I mean, I think I'm at that point now. I mean, I've gained a lot of confidence over time. Um, just getting games under my belt and getting reps um, in games. Like, I know I belong in this league. Uh, I know I can play at this level, um, and I'm confident in that. And so, um, you know, a lot of people are always saying that. I see it on Twitter. I, I get it from my family and so forth. People are always saying that I should shoot more and do this more. But, you know, the NBA is a superstar in a role league, man. And there are guys like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and James Hardens and the Kyries and so forth that, you know, the ball is going to be in their hands, and they're the super superstars. And then all the role players, you know, they're superstar role players. They're the best role players in the world. And so, you know, everybody has to play their role to make the movie work, and I'm very understanding of that. Um, like I said, I know what I'm capable of, but I play my role to fit this team and to have a spot on this team and to see a foreseeable future in this league, you know. So I do what I'm asked of. Um, and if more is asking me, then I'll be ready for that whenever and if ever that is. So, uh, you know, I, I'm his team before me. So, um, but to answer your question, man, if, if the opportunity was to ever pre- present itself, I think I'm ready for that. Yeah, I, I, put think, the, I put the work in day in and day out. Yeah, I think I think you are too, just because we've been watching you play and you have an, an innate understanding of the game. And by the way, about role players, I mean, Udonis Haslam has been a role player for 18 years with the Miami Heat. That's a pretty good way to make a living, let me tell you. Um, he's, exactly. You know, and and uh, and he was a really good player that went undrafted back in 2002. I want to ask you about your your understanding of the game. And Juan Toscano Anderson's my guest on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. You made a play in a game a while back, and I don't even remember if Steph made the shot or not. But it was a it was a two on two, and the and you were bringing the ball down. And you kind of read the play, and you just went hard middle a little bit to draw a defender, and then just kicked it out to Steph. I want to know where that comes from. Was there a coach? Was there a, a, a season where all of a sudden you understood, you know, what about angles and about how to set guys up off the dribble? Um, I mean, honestly, I just think it's I don't know. I, a lot of people always say, oh, it must have come from when you played soccer. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've played in so many different positions on the floor my whole life. Uh, when I was younger, I was really short, and then I started getting taller. And at Marquette, I played the four and the five. So I think I just – being able to play in different positions on the floor, I see different perspectives, and I see – I don't know, man. Uh, and it's part of just being unselfish. I mean, that's the best shooter in the world, firstly. But I would pass it to – I would make that pass 10 times out of 10 just because it's the right basketball play to make. And it's an open shot, and open shots are great. So um, I think more than anything is just me being unselfish. And, and Juan, when you, when you look at this team right now and, and you have, you know, Jordan Poole starting to emerge a little bit, uh, Nico Mannion's getting some run. James Wiseman is, you know, he's got an incredibly high ceiling. You, you're getting better week in and week out, even though it hasn't gone the way everybody would love to, to have it right now. You guys have to be pretty excited about the future because there's a lot of young talent that you, as you say, can kind of role play around Steph and Draymond and Clay and Wiggins and whoever else is going to be on this roster in years to come. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of it, right? I mean, 
you got all these great vets and these guys who've been in the league for numerous years, and then you got you got all of us who are first-year players, second-year players, uh, kind of trying to find an identity, uh, trying to establish ourselves in this league, and um, that's the fun part. <clears throat> and so uh, when we get all our guys back healthy, when we got Clay back out there, and, you know, we can really try and – I mean, this team has an identity, you know, but, you know, when we get all those guys back out there and we can all – get back on the floor with them, uh, we can really lock in and see who we can really be, you know. And that's what it's March now. Next season starts in October, November. That's eight to ten months from now. So that's a long time for development, you know, a long time for rest and for guys to grow mentally and physically. So uh, hopefully I'm here moving forward. Um, I don't know what that looks like, but if I am, you know, I'm really excited about that. I love – I mean, like I said, it's my first year in the NBA and just being able to watch young talent like James Wiseman and Nico, you know, and Jordan Poole. I've known him since he was in Milwaukee, but just being able to watch them grow is fun, man. I look at them. I feel like they're my little brothers because I'm really watching them grow and really kind of, you know, they're kids in a league full of men. So and people forget that. So it's just fun to watch them grow. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing every day, you know, to watch them just just experience this. Well, I, th- I I think that the the I know the coaching staff loves you, and the front office loves you, and and they they think you have a, a good role to play in this league for a long time, good role to play with the Warriors for a long time. That has to make you feel good. Uh, was there a moment in the last couple of years where you got home and you sat down and and you realized you know that, that maybe that all of this kind of hit you? Did you ever have that kind of a moment? You're playing for your your hometown team, you're in the NBA, and you you know you played in Mexico and in overseas and and, and uh, was overlooked going into to college and into the pros, and now you've got this. Has it hit you at all? Yeah. Uh, you know what? It hit me a few months ago or a few weeks ago, and, um, you know, I was having a hard time just, you know, continuing – not continuing to be excited. I don't want to say that, but just kind of continuing to be in awe and also just realizing, like, you know, I did this for myself. I created this opportunity for myself, you know, with the hard work and the perseverance that, you know, uh, <clears throat> I demonstrated. So, you know, I deserve this. And not, not in an arrogant way, but just in a more humbling way. Like, you know, this is what uh, – these are the – this is the fruits of my labor. So uh, now I'm just at the point where, you know, I, I kind of passed the point where it's like, oh, I'm lucky to be here and everybody's like, this is a beautiful story. I get it. It's a cool story. But now, like, I'm in this league. I want to get paid and I want to be here for years to come. And so uh, I'm just – I'm past that. I'm just trying to put, do my work and get paid now. So that that that's what it is. You, you're now a pro and you want to be a pro for a long time. For sure. I mean, I've been playing pro for five years. I know what it's like. And now that I'm in the NBA, I've reached the pinnacle of, you know, my profession. And so now it's about maintaining myself here in this pinnacle. That's the hardest part. I mean, it's extremely hard to get here. Imagine that. And then, you know, it's even harder to stay here, stay in this league. So, you know, imagine that. Well, I know one thing. If it it comes down to dedication, work and heart, you're going to be in this league a long time, sir. Uh, congr- I appreciate that, right. my man. Congratulations on that, and uh, I thank you for the time. And, and next year, one of these years, I, I want to do something fun with you. We'll sit down, and you give me your ten best stories from playing overseas, and then we'll uh, oh. we'll, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> hey, man, it might be hard to give you just ten. That might be a long conversation. I got some crazy stories, man. Oh, I would love it. I'd love it. Hey, thank you so much. 
All right, my man. Have a good one. Thank you. That's Juan Toscano Anderson. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. What a remarkable young man. And he's an NBA player. You know, I said that on the air earlier this year, and I truly believe it. He's an NBA player, and I think he's going to have a nice long career. He really understands the game. And as he said, he's not really sure where that came about. But to, to me, what if if my guess is correct, that it came about from studying and watching players and learning and, and learning how to play. And, and, and he's had good coaching along the way. You can tell that, Ben. So... I think it's a great asset to the Warriors, and I think he's going to be a nice player in this league for a long, long time. Hey, Warriors Basketball Academy, excited to announce our spring break outdoor camp at Redwood High School in Larkspur. How cool is it to say that, that you can actually get outdoors and play a little hoop now? This four-day session starts April 5th. It's a perfect chance for boys and girls ages 8 to 14 to safely return to the court. Sign up tonight to save $25. That's right. Sign up tonight and save $25. Go to gswacademy.com and to reserve your child's spot. And trust me, if they go to that camp, they're going to, A, have a great time with some great people, and, B, they're going to come out a better basketball basketball player and learn a little bit more about the great game. 888-957-9570. Give me a call. Send me a text. We have a few texts uh, that we'll read off in the, the next segment. What's your favorite warrior trade of all time? And, and you, know, you can also, if you're going to give me a, a shout on Twitter at Warriors Vox or, or give me a call and let me know what, if you think it's going to be a busy deadline day tomorrow. It's always one of the most fun days of the year in the NBA, trading deadline day. So uh, give us a call at 888-957-9570. It's a Warriors roundtable here on your home for Golden State Warriors 95-7 the game. I'm Tim Roy. And also upcoming in our next segment, we'll talk to Atlanta Hawks general manager Travis Schlenk. He was one of the of course, guys in the front office that helped the Warriors mold this team, get the five-year run going with a number of deals. He was an invaluable member of the Golden State Warriors front office, and now he's trying to take the Atlanta Hawks to the heights of the Eastern Conference. That is next right here on 95.7. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. The game. Well, Dub Nation, it's the first call for season tickets. A 21-22 season just around the corner, and tickets are limited. Join the Dub Club for priority access to season tickets along with exclusive pre-sales and special event opportunities. Go to warriors.com to sign up now. 888-957-9570, that's the number to call. to Give me your thoughts on the trade deadline, the Warriors, and what's your favorite warrior trade of all time we've had some uh, uh some pushback on the text line so let's get to that first of all from the 626 wayne cooper and a pick for bernard king how about that one that's right bernard king boy he he had a very brief run with golden state but a big impact he was remembered fondly by warrior fans and i've had the opportunity to talk to him on a couple of different occasions great man and boy i tell you what you put him on the left side of the floor coming down on the on the secondary break and he gets the ball it was unstoppable just one of the great scorers in nba history from the 415 the speedy claxton dale davis for baron davis trade and i think that is uh, that's one that boy it really it, it didn't turn the franchise into a perennial contender but it did set up the 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 chance and what happened the the chance for one of the most unbelievable runs in in the NBA over a two month period when the Golden State Warriors came back from being dead in the water and rallied and they beat the Clippers to the final spot in the playoffs and then one of the biggest upsets I think it's the biggest upset in NBA playoff history when when you consider it's an eight beating a one in a seven game series not in a five game series. Not like Denver and Seattle. That's a five-game series, and there's a lot of pressure in that five-game series if you lose one of the first two. That that's a real. I mean, if you're if you're down two-one in that series, then it's it's really tough. So I think I think the Warrior upset over Dallas was bigger than the Denver one over Seattle, just because it was the eighth seed, and 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 Dallas was had everything going on. That team won sixty-seven games that year. They were on a roll. Dirk Nowitzki had maybe his best regular season as a player, and the Warriors came in and beat them and just really took their confidence away in, in game one, and they never, ever, ever got it back. And, and for all the, the championships, there's always going to be a spot in Dub Nation for We Believe. Always. It was just too much fun, and it represented the reward of all that faith during all those bad years during all those down times and uh, certainly a magical part of, to be at Oracle in that. Now it's going to do the 707. I'm very fond of the 707. The uh, Monte Illustrate for Andrew Bogan. At the time, very unpopular. At the time, not exactly what uh, the fan base was looking for in a trade, trading their most popular player to a team that had a center that had uh, a real a real litany of health problems. And it, it really took away. It was very sad. Andrew Bogut would have been a perennial, you know, uh, all league player. He would have been one, known as one of the best centers, not only in his era, but maybe in, in this part of NBA history, but the injuries just took away, you know, his elbow, his knee, his ankles, everything. He got really banged up in his NBA career. And that, that's sad. But Andrew Bogut coming here gave the Warriors the size they needed Gave the Warriors the screener they needed for for Steph Curry, and it started that you know progression into the run. So it was a deal that had to uh, 
had to go. So those are some of the ones that we're picking off the text line. We can also go on to uh, Twitter at Warriors Vox, Warriors VOX, and uh, in El Cerrito uh, battles, looking at the trade rumors, wondering about Oubre Jr., wondering about Eric Paschal. Uh, I think you know the Warriors will make a move if it makes sense. And I think one of the things that they've always done is never in, in, in this era under Joe Lake and Peter Goober with Bob Myers, they're never making a deal, A, just to make a deal, and B, they're never making a deal without thinking about short-term and long-term. I don't think they've ever made you know a deal where it's, okay, we're, we don't care about the, the you know this and that. We're, they're making a deal that makes sense for the franchise. And so I think the franchise is still in a really good spot, really good spot coming up in the, the next couple of years. Well, when the Warriors were in the middle of their run and, and Travis Schlenk was one of the guys that was helping make some of those decisions, giving, giving his input and being around to, to help the front office, to help, first of all, Don Nelson, Larry Riley, and then Bob Myers, uh, Travis Schlenk was an invaluable member of the Warriors' front office. He took the job of the Atlanta Hawks in a complete rebuild. And now, after a couple of years watching their young talent grow in this past offseason, Travis Schlank and the Hawks went after some veteran presence to help take them to that next level and maybe get to where the Warriors were maybe about six years or so ago in the playoffs and a threat to beat the best teams in the East. And I think they are that. I had a chance to sit down with Travis Schlank earlier today. It was nice enough to give me some time on the day before the deadline. And here's my conversation with Travis Schlank. Well, Trav, first of all, it's always great to uh, catch up with you, and, and it's, uh, it's too bad we're separated by an entire country. It would be great to, to see you on a more often basis. But but uh, first of all, uh, uh, best to you and your family. Everybody okay in the, in the Schlenk household? Yeah, we're all, we're all doing well, making it through this unprecedented school year and NBA season. Um, but we're all uh, healthy and happy and um, looking forward to putting this season behind us. The season didn't start the way you guys wanted, obviously, and you had more than your share of injuries. Uh, and now a coaching change, Nick McMillan comes in. What has that done, as well as your roster getting healthy? What has the addition of Nate McMillan done to, to have the Hawks go on the roll that you guys are on right now? Well, I, I think a big a big part of it was, you know, guys getting healthy. You know, we, we had a, a lot of injuries early in the season. We actually, you know, started off the season playing pretty pretty well. Uh, got off, you know, the gates four and one, um, and then we started getting hit by the injury bug. You know, we lose Gallinari for, you know, three weeks. Uh, Bogdan, uh, you know, we lose him for twenty five games, and then kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back on the injury front was DeAndre Hunter. You know, we lose him uh, for what ended up being about seven weeks. Um, and now, we, obviously, we're, we're getting all those guys back. Um, Hunter just got back this week on this road trip. So, you know, he, he's going to be a big boost to us. But as far as Coach McMillan, I think the biggest thing is, you know, just the experience he brings um, on the sideline. You know, our guys you know, have a lot of confidence in him, him over there. Um, and I think that, you know, his, his confidence, his presence on the sideline um, has been able to go to our players on the court. And then, you know, like any any team, you know, once you start winning a couple close games and at the beginning of this win streak we just got done with, you know, we won a couple games on where we're down all game and came back and hit shots, you know, late in the fourth or at the buzzer to get wins. And, you know, when you start winning a few games in a row like that, that just gives your guys confidence. 
Well, no doubt about that. And I've always said about Nick McMillan, I said he played alongside Gary Payton. He can handle any kind of a player. So <laughs> if, he could, if he could do that, he's, he's fine. But uh, your your roster, is it's, it's really a diverse now. You guys did a great job adding to your roster. And, and what did it mean to bring in, you know, veteran players like Rondo and, and, and Gallinari? And what have they done for some of your emerging young talent? Yeah, no, listen, for the last, or my first three years here, we were basically just in talent acquisition mode. You know, we were, you know, making trades for guys at the end of their careers just to get draft assets. Um, and, you know, we, over the course of, you know, three seasons, we ended up with um, four lottery picks. So we, um, you know, we, we have a bunch of young, talented guys. But as, as you know, they say in the NBA, young, talented guys get you fired in the coaching business in the NBA <laughs> because they, they just need the experience. So, you know, this is the first time since I've been here that we've gone out and, you know, we've tried to add to our roster with guys that we wanted to um, plug in as opposed to just taking contracts for draft capital. Um, so, you know, obviously Rondo has a ton of playoff experience, um, won a couple championships. You know, Gallinari, again, been on playoff teams everywhere he's been. Um, and those guys just bring, you know, institutional knowledge of the game, the NBA game of basketball. And, you know, they, they really give our young guys confidence when they see those guys out there that have been through long playoff series and, you know, the trust that they have that they're going to make the right plays um, going to be there on defense. And, you know, the advice they're giving them um, has really helped our young guys out a lot this year. When you look at the Eastern Conference, you know, and you were out with the Warriors for so many years, you look at the Eastern Conference and, and, and maybe finally the pendulum swinging back a little bit. A lot of talent now in the Eastern Conference. Some of that has come from the West. But, but uh, you know, you look at the from one to eight, and with especially with Charlotte playing better this year, New York playing better this year, uh, the East is no longer the, the conference we thought it was. It, it's it's got to be an exciting time out there. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of balance, you know, really top to bottom in both in both conferences this year. Um, you know, for as you mentioned, a lot of my time uh, with Golden State, you know, the Western Conference was the the power conference, but you know, going back before I got there, it was, you know, it was the Eastern Conference was the power conference. So it, it is cyclical. There's no doubt about it. And I definitely think a lot of these teams on the uh, East Coast, you know, they have young stars, um, young teams. Um, a lot of us sprinkled in um, some veteran leadership this year, and um, it, it's pretty exciting. You know, we we I think currently we're you know tied for the fourth seed but i think we're only two games out of the 10th seed so there's a lot of basketball to be played and um you know every game is going to count now till the end of the season yeah no doubt you can in in both conferences you can go from five to ten with a two-game losing streak it's crazy uh <laughs> what what uh, travis Schleck is our guest the general manager of the atlanta hawks and, and the head of basketball there and and Trey Young is a player that, you know, has kind of patterned his game a little bit off of, of Steph Curry. Where is he at in his development? Well, I think what we're seeing this year really from Trey more is just um, starting to trust his teammates. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have this um, thought process anymore where I have to do everything by myself. 
you know, be becoming a much more willing passer. You know, he gets double teamed all over the court. You know, we've teams pick him up, you know, 92 feet away from the basket, run a t- double team at him. And, you know, now knowing that, all right, I need to get off the ball quickly, get it to my teammate, and my teammate's going to make the right play, as opposed to maybe holding the ball, trying to beat the double team himself and make the home run pass himself. So I think what we're seeing in him is just, you know, the growth to being able to make the right play, which, you know, might just be in a hockey assist, not a real assist. Um, and, and that's, that's been a, that's been a big step forward for him and for us this year. When you look at the deadline, which is to tomorrow, obviously the trading deadline and the conference is so balanced, do you expect it to be a, an, an active 24 hours? You know, it, it's interesting. You know, there's certainly a lot more buyers out there, a lot more teams uh, with the expanded uh, playoff format that, that would like to add to their roster. And as we mentioned, you know, there's so many teams st- still in the playoff picture in, in both conferences. Um, you know, I think maybe you'll see some moves on the margins from teams, um, but I don't think that there's going to be necessarily a big name in free agency um, uh, moving here in the next 24 hours. We've been asking people tonight on our show, what's your your favorite Warrior trade of all time? In your tenure with Golden State, what what trade sticks out for you? Um, I think it was the trade for Andrew Bogut. You know, that was kind of the last piece of the puzzle that got us into the, the playoffs. Um, and that trade, that trade was a nightmare trade because that's back when you had to do your medical disclosures and uh, go through every single injury the player had. And Bogut had been in uh, Milwaukee for, uh, I don't know, seven years and had quite the checkered injury list over those seven years. And the attorney for the Bucks at the time was a stickler for the rules. And he literally read through a hundred pages of injury notes on Andrew Bogut. Wow. And we were playing we were playing in Sacramento that night <laughs> and I remember Bob and Larry Riley went over there and you know they're both excited to talk to the media and I clearly was out but neither one of them could say anything publicly because we hadn't the trade hadn't become final yet because it was about a 6 hour uh, trade call and I remember being in the the office that night with David Kelly who's you know obviously still there with the Warriors and it was his first trade call <laughs> and I just remember telling him like they're not all like this trust me you're usually on and off. <laughs> <laughs> that was the world's longest trade call. <laughs> wow! Wow! I didn't. That's a great part of the story I never heard before. Uh, final question for you: You've you've had a, a great uh, career in basketball to the moment, and you've gotten to learn from so many uh, so many of the the game's top minds. You know what? Uh, you know, go back and, and kind of uh, relive that for us, and tell us you know the the things you picked up along the way. Oh man, I you know I I do um, get asked that from time to time, and I have been unbelievably fortunate in my time in the NBA. You know, just some of the coaches that I worked for when I was still on that side of the business. You know, you talk about Chuck Daly, Pat Riley, Don Nelson. You know, three guys that were obviously super successful coaches. Um, and then in the NBA, you know, obviously you know Larry Riley, Bob Myers, and Jerry West there in Golden State. Um, you know, I, I think what what I've learned from from all those guys over the years is you have to be yourself. Uh, if you go out there and try to be someone you're not, um, you know, the players, um, your staff, people around the league, they're going to see right through that. So you just have to be true to yourself and um, go about business you want to. As, as I said, you know, the way 
Pat Riley went about his daily business was about 180 degrees different than how Don Nelson went around his daily business. But they were both obviously super successful. Yeah. Well, but you got you got to fly in a pirate ship with Nelly, so that was that was always good. <laughs> Travis, uh, great to talk to you, and, and uh, congratulations on the the Hawk season to date, and and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon. That is Travis Schlank. I'm Tim Roy. Always great to talk with Travis and uh, certainly uh, an NBA lifer and a guy doing a nice job with the Atlanta Hawks. They've kind of turned their season around. They're healthy and they're climbing in the Eastern Conference and maybe a, a team to watch in the upcoming playoffs. A couple of things here before we take the break and get ready to check the schedule and wrap this one up. Uh, Ronald checks in, Speedy Claxton, Dale Davis for B. Diddy. Of course, that's going to be a favorite one. Uh, Darren always wants to uh, to uh, test my knowledge. He, 1970, Zelmo Beatty went from the Atlanta Hawks to the San Francisco Warriors. It turned out to be a very costly uh, trade for the Warriors. Not only did they give up a 71st-round pick, which was Pete Maravich, and, of course, you, you know you know about Pistol Pete if you're an NBA fan, uh, Lee had to be sent as compensation by Lee. I mean, Clyde Lee, who was a great screen setter for the Warriors, they eventually would get him back, but it was a costly trade at the time uh, for the Warriors getting uh, Zelmo Beatty, who was, uh, again, one of the harding-playing guys. But I do remember Zelmo Beatty for one thing I – had to ask because Al Adels, the great Al Adels, would never tell me any stories about being the destroyer. And one day before a game, Paul Silas was sitting there, and uh, he was checking in because Stephen Silas, the current head coach of the Rockets, was a Warrior assistant at the time. So he was there to see his grandkids, and he's talking with Al Adels before the game. And I couldn't help myself. I went over and I said, "Paul, you got to help me out here. Al never gives any stories about the Destroyer. He won't tell me any." And uh, you know, Al goes, "Oh no, 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 no." And so, so and Paul Silas looked at me, and goes, "Are you kidding me?" He goes, well, I played for the St. Louis Hawks, and we had Zelmo Beatty. He goes, Al Adels chased him into the stands and made him cry. So, <laughs> so it was that was the one destroyer story I have. And speaking of that time, we, we did lose a legend this week. We want to mention that. Uh, the NBA lost a legend, Elgin Baylor, dying at the age of 86. He reinvented the game using hang time and athleticism when basketball was still very much a fundamentals-only game. He entered the league as a Minneapolis Laker in 1958-59, named Rookie of the Year, joined by former Warrior executive Jerry West to two years later when the team moved to Los Angeles. For that time, he was a unique player, the most unique player in the game. He did, he did things then, today we see players to do, but he could, honestly, he was just ahead of his time. For me to have the privilege to watch this when I was wet behind the ears, trying to grow up and become a player that was of importance, I can't tell you how the teammate, his teammates used to look at him in the locker room. I've laughed with him. I've been the depth of the ocean with him as a player. I loved him like a brother. This is one of the greatest men I've ever met in my life. Jerry West, obviously very emotional, was at a, a statue ceremony they had outside of Staples Center down in L.A. And if you don't know Elgin Baylor, well, check this out. He averaged over 27 a game for his career with a very unique style. Boston star, or former Boston star, I should say, Bob Cousy. Elgin was the first one that I remember to you know, go up with a jump shot and 
hang up there for 15 seconds, have some, some lunch and a cup of coffee, and, you know, the defenders would all be back on the ground, and he'd finally decide to shoot defenders. Hang time was, was incredible. Uh, Elgin was that spectacular where he literally be, became the first guy that couldn't be stopped. And it was a style that Baylor swore he never was truly conscious of. You know, I, you know, I don't know, because I, I never was conscious of it or even really, I don't, not downgrading the players, but I never even thought about it, you know, what I was doing. Because when you play, and I'm sure he feels the same way, the defense is going to dictate to what you're doing, how he's guarding you. You know, sometimes you do something that you've never done before, you know, so you really don't know. And, I, you know, I don't know. There's nothing I practice on. I never go out there and try to practice different shots, maybe shoot free throws. But when I play, Whatever you know, way the guys guard me, he's determined, really, the defense. If he's playing good defense, determine what you're going to do, what kind of shot you're going to take. You know, you don't go out there with this mind that you're going to do certain things because it doesn't really work. I and you can't play that way. You shouldn't be playing that way. I you should let the game, you know, come to you. Well, Jim Baylor, how about the resume? Ten times first team. Ten times first team. All-NBA, 1959 Rookie of the Year, averaged over 27 a night, had 61 points in Game 5 of the 1962 NBA Finals, had a 71-point game. He was head coach of the New Orleans Jazz, one of the first African-Americans to be a sports general manager, 20 years in the Clippers front office, NBA Executive of the Year in 2005-2006. Only one thing missing, a championship. In his final year in 1971, 72, he injured his knee, he played only nine games, he retired mid-season. The 72 Lakers went on to win the title. This is the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. I'm Tim Roy, back to wrap it up after these words on your home for Golden State Warriors basketball, 95-7 the game. Tim Roy is holding court. Pun intended. Join me in my court at Camelot. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7, the game. Now back to Warriors Box. It's good! Tim Roy. All right, let's see if I can do this in just a couple of minutes. Let's check your Kaiser Permanente scoreboard. We start off with a game between the Detroit and Indiana, and the Pacers need a bucket to seal it. 20 seconds left. Each team has a timeout remaining. Detroit has a foul to give. Shot clock to nine. Brogdon way out near the timeline against Wright. Sabonis up to screen. Brogdon pulls up on top. Perimeter right. Levert. Step back. Three on the way. Swish! A step back three. Levert has 28 points. Indiana leads by five. And Detroit calls a timeout with four and seven-tenths seconds left to play. Karis Levert with eight of his 28 points here in the fourth. And Indiana would win 116-111. to That's Mark Boyle on the Pacers radio network. Meanwhile, they were having fun in Tampa. Siakam driving in. Cut off on the right block. Whips it out in the perimeter to Boucher, to Lowry, to Watson for three. Do it again, Paul Watson, as the Raptors go up by 32. Watson's had a solid game tonight. Done a really nice job. On the glass with five rebounds. 119 to 90. Raptors leading in Denver with 7 11 to go. And in that one elsewhere on the card, it is Boston and Milwaukee. 
Bucks lead by 13, 105, 92 with 932 to go there. Phoenix on top of Orlando. Magic could be very active tomorrow morning in trade news. It's 81, 73 Suns. Again, 414 to go in the third. 327 left third. Cleveland 69, Chicago 64. Meanwhile, it is Charlotte 75 and Houston 61. Third quarter play. Dallas trailing Minnesota 62-59. Memphis up four on the Thunder 69-65. L.A. Clippers leading San Antonio by nine 62-53. Yet to start Brooklyn without all three of their big three in Utah to take on the Jazz and the Atlanta Hawks are in Sacramento to take on the Kings. Of course, the Kings are the team the Warriors will be playing tomorrow night. Fox now with six seconds on the clock, creeping forward. Now with four seconds, with three seconds, stops, fires. He's got the bucket, seven-tenths of a second to go. A 20-footer on the left wing from De'Aaron Fox. It may be enough. It gives the Kings a two-point lead. And the Warriors will take on the Kings 6.30 with a pregame show tomorrow night right here on 95-7. as The game you're home for Golden State Warriors basketball. And then on Friday, the Hawks are in town. Trey Young brings it back up. Trey in the middle. Trey. Oh, boy, a long three. Good. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, Trey. 27 points for Trey Young. Hawks lead by seven. 100-93. Hawks up by seven. Now right side Trey. Trey fakes and drives. Bounces to Clint Capella. All alone and he jams at home. And the Hawks take a nine-point lead and Stevens needs a timeout. And of course, Warriors and the Hawks on uh, Friday, 6.30 with the pregame show. Tom Tobert alongside Friday. Tomorrow night, it's Jim Barnett. And then on Monday, the Bulls are in town. Here's Levine again off the screen from Temple. Levine on Sabonis, Rainbow, right side three. Bam! Onions, baby onions, and the Bulls lead on the Levine triple on the right wing. Well, hopefully no onions on Monday night when Kate Scott's out to call on the, the play-by-play for the Warriors of the Bulls with Mary Murphy alongside Kareth Burke, Hanley Pre, half and post. I'm Tim Roy. That's the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Thanks to our guest, Travis Schlank, the Atlanta Hawks, the general manager, and the thanks to Juan Toscano-Anderson. The final word is coming up next to John Dickinson, joined by Whitey Gleason, and Mark Abanez will join him in the 9 o'clock hour. That's the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. I'm Tim Roy saying good night, and you're home for Golden State Warriors basketball, 95-7 the game.